All right, cool. We're uh, we're good. Whenever you're ready. <clears throat> and I just still have Computex in this show note. Oh, better... that was uh... See, that's why I have horrible intros. Uh, Gordon has show notes last week. I'm like, oh yeah, Gordon's not here this week. I'm just well, going to talk. <laughs> it's just for the intro. I so I'm going to tell you the story. So there's a there is a, uh, a newscaster here in the Bay Area, and apparently. He's been doing, you know, the newscast for, I don't know, 20 years. And the intern did not have the good night thing at the end of the, the, on the teleprompter. And he got reamed out because the person did not have the notes. And of course, the intern is like, you've been saying the same damn thing for 20 years. You can't remember that, but that's actually the way it is sometimes. You need the notes. Don't mess with old people's routines, man. No, because I would have said I would have said AMD. I would have said Computex edition. So that's the last time I was on. We're old. You can't do that to us. You can't do that. Can't do that. One Computex again. <laughs> we'll just do for the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going with Computex. It's the gift that keeps giving. We're ready? Uh, All right, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, okay. And uh, yep, go ahead. Oh, this echo is killing me. What is it? The- the Dolby is it like everything is like when you go to the cash register for Dolby stuff. Is everything include echo that reverb? That's just kind of like, sorry, never mind. <laughs> In this episode of the Full Nerd, AMD Advantage laptops, E3, and your questions answered. Welcome to episode 181 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elena Yee is here. Yay. Hello. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. What, I don't, I don't get a yay? Man, yay, wow. well. I have the lights. That's what it is. He's just excited <laughs> for the RGB lights. Uh, well, before we get to gaming later, uh, I will say that, uh, Gordon, I, I've done it. I know you've been looking for a little bit. I, I found your next game. Uh, cool. I streamed. I streamed a game last week. Uh, we, we we're actually talking about setting up a, a full nerd Discord for it. Uh, Chivalry Two. Have you have you heard of this game, Gordon? Uh, no. Is it a old? Is it an old person first person shooter? Uh, well, it's it's first person, but it's all melee combat. It's it's sixty four. It's all multiplayer. Sixty four player matches. And it's old uh, medieval times, and you're just rushing in with either spears or, or bow and arrow or, or swords and like shields, and you're just like whacking people, doing different parries and stuff. Like, oh, it is dumb fun. There's even a there's even a button to uh, to like charge in. Like, yay! Uh, <laughs> oh man, like I I, I I can't wait to play more of this. And, and I was like, man, this is totally up Gordon's alley. I think he would enjoy. That this. sounds like that Ubisoft game. Oh, I can't. Remember oh, oh uh, for honor, yes, oh, it's, for it's, honor, yeah, it's, it's like for honor. Before honor, like you, you kind of like it, it's it turns in almost like a fighting game where you're like you know it's kind of slower paced. This is like you're literally just running. Chivalry in. is can, a scrum. You, yeah, you can hit you can hit everybody. You can hit your teammates Damn. and just mess them up. Like it, it's <laughs> it's so fire. oh it's okay. so dumb. It's, so is it team deathmatch then, or is it? Uh, I mean, there's different game modes. There's match. there's different kinds of modes, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's just different modes. So, but it's all around the it's same like, like melee kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's like medieval warfare simulator. Like it's not gamified too much or anything. It's just like hordes of people rushing at each other and right. beating the crap out of each other. And, and you know, oh, it's so fun. Do you think it's actually historically accurate though? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Just because no. I, I'm, 
I'm just saying, if you transported me back to, I don't know, 1582 or something like that, and I'm like, I don't know, sir, I'm not standing in this line waiting to take a bow and arrow. <laughs> I'm going to stand behind this tree, maybe. No, no, stand in the line. I, uh, well, it's actually... Whose strategy is this? Well, I mean, well, it's a king's strategy up in the castle, but why, why, why well, don't we take some cover? Yeah, no, nobody, nobody's like relaying strategies or anything. I mean, you, you know, you obviously need to work together as a team to kind of do points and stuff like that but uh the funnier thing is you can you can pick between different uh diet like uh voice actors or whatever and one of them like when they charge it like there's there's like a real tough grumble guy and when he charges and he's like you know that kind of thing and then there's another one that when when you hit the uh uh like the 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 button to to scream he's just like yeah like literally well, just I, like, I, the bad, uh, I'm, like I'm gonna die I to dang it well, the, bad, <laughs> the bad news adam is i'm i've already found my next game <sighs> and it's because obviously battlefield 2042 oh. has been announced i am a big battlefield fan as you know there are only two kinds of people in this world call of duty players i'm going to use a nice <laughs> word and then there's battlefield players so obviously we have had a few Oakland Raiders rather seasons for Battlefield, but I'm looking forward to uh, Battlefield 2142. So I'm or 2042. So I'm I'm uh, I'm super excited about that reveal. Ooh. I have a friend I used to work with, Josh, and we are all getting psyched. He's going to buy a new machine, whole machine with a 3070, just because he wants to be ready for Battlefield. Uh, so. Well, I I, I think this is a joke, but Ian, Doctor Ian Cutters from Tech Tech Potato in the chat says. Uh, Battlefield 2142 was the best. I'm going to say, oh boy. <laughs> I think it was. A yeah, joke. you know, I got a little, I was a little worried because they said 2042. I was like, whoa, is this going to be all sci fi y? But I guess they just want to push it forward enough to have, to make it Battlefield 4 ish, you know, current climate and then add a little bit of change. You know, a lot of drones, a lot of robots and stuff, but. Yeah. I, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm excited for it because, I mean, you know, they always go over the top with physics, and it looks like they've tried to go over the top again with physics. And and I will warn people who have never done the Battlefield train before, which is ignore a lot of the early coverage because it will be broken. It's Battlefield. <laughs> yeah. Battlefield will always be broken the first few weeks, maybe even the first month or so. But eventually, gets it gets to the point where it is, you know, it's truly one of the most amazing games. But just ignore the broken network code, which I'm sure will be in there. So yeah, yeah, I d definitely. Uh, but you know what? You're going to play Battlefield on Gordon, uh, your new AMD Advantage laptop. An AMD Advantage right? laptop. I'm holding one right, right here. ASUS. Nice. Got to get the name right. Rog Strix. G15 Advantage Edition, a couple cool features, got a lot of AMD stuff, replaceable corners, held on by magnets apparently, but you, they give you two other ones, a silver and a clear one, so you can oh, that's cool. corner accents, very nice, um, <laughs> AMD logo here, a lot of AMD stuff, because this is an AMD Advantage laptop, this is the AMD Advantage laptop, the one they launched with, 15.6 um, inch, 300 hertz screen, 512 gig SSD in this version, one, uh, 512 gig SSD, 16 gigs, DDR4-3200, zoned RGB keyboard because you got to cut costs a little bit somewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't know whose decision this was as ASUS, but there is still no webcam in this camera. It's kind of crazy. What? Yeah. It made, it, it made kind of sense last year. Like, it didn't make sense, but you're like, all right, we didn't know this was going to happen. Right. But. 
Yeah, I know. But at some point, like somebody's <laughs> got to like, uh, I think you got to like, you know, you either yeah. include a webcam in the box or stop digging your heels in because ha- not having a webcam in a laptop is is kind of crazy. Let's admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what they're doing with it. Of course, the really special part is you got Ryzen in here. This one, Ryzen 9 5900X. It also has, of course, Radeon RX 6800M mobile. And I'm going to say this laptop does not apologize for not being super thin. People like super thin and sexy. You know what? This one's got a little shape to it. It's kind of a thick enthusiast because (laughs) Intel's been calling this new form factor thin enthusiast, which is sort of those 15-inch, you know, sub-20 millimeter laptops. This one does not skip that Burger King Whopper. Let's just say that. (laughs) Not entirely heavy, though. It's actually pretty light. Um, But, of course, the big news is AMD Radeon. Also, I'm going to add Asus claims a first, which is they actually use liquid metal on the GPU. There is also liquid metal on the CPU. That's been done for a long time now on laptops. Asus has gone one more step and put it on the GPU. Laptop makers have long said, we don't do it because... You know, the heat density of the CPU makes more sense to use it there. So why don't you use that on the GPU, too? Uh, we're not going to answer that because that's basically <laughs> it, costs, it, costs, it costs more money. It's another step. It's kind of a pain in the butt to do. And they did it in this laptop. I'm not sure why. Obviously, it does help with thermals. It could maybe say something about the thermals on Radeon, maybe, or just simply they just wanted to be first to cross the line. And once Asus has done that, everybody has to cross the line. Of course, what matters is performance. We got a few benchmark numbers. We, there's more in the review that ran earlier, I think yesterday on PC World. Which I just linked in the – there's a link in the description, and I just put it in the chat, too, if anyone wants cool. to follow charts. Yeah, but again, all AMD, there is, well, there is Intel. There's an Intel Wi-Fi controller because I have had people, friends, in fact, say, I don't want an AMD laptop because I want Intel Wi-Fi reliability. The, uh, they actually still run Intel Wi-Fi in most of it. This one, I believe, is a Wi-Fi 6 Intel part. Um, and, of course, it, it should be a module. I don't think it's soldered down on this motherboard. Hmm. So. All right, let's dig into some charts then. No Thunderbolt. No Thunderbolt, but let's get let's get through the performance. People want to see the numbers, um, and of course, this has been the weak part. Uh, you could watch any of Brad's reviews on the desktop side. Hardware ray tracing, of course, um, has been the strength of Nvidia. So this is just 3D Mark Port Royal, and f- just to give you an idea, also for audio listeners, we have a Gigabyte or 17G with a, an i7-10870H. That is a Comet Lake eight-core part. I, even though it's an i7, it's an 8-core part. Also, a GeForce RTX 3080. Uh, that particular laptop has a slightly tuned-down GeForce 105-watt TGP. And probably more interesting for a lot of people is a Asus Strix SCAR G17. Actually, may not have the SCAR. I can never get Asus uh, brand name straight. I really think sometimes they should have a god because some things are SCAR, some things are not. I don't know. That has a Ryzen. 9 5900X, a GeForce RTX 3080 laptop GPU tuned up to through, uh, to 130 watts. So we are comparing that to the Asus uh, Strix G15 with a Ryzen 9 5900X and a Radeon RX 6800M. I unfortunately did not write down the actual TGPs and of the CPUs and all that, but it's, it's in my notes somewhere. 
uh, basically ran these laptops on turbo setting, their max performance settings, but with the fan not set to 100%, which I think is kind of crazy because you will drive yourself bonkers if you run max fans on these all the time, but they are set to higher fan curves. <clears throat> First, 3D Mark Port Royal tests a couple of different uh, DXR features. Clearly, NVIDIA's advantage is here. Although, that's really not too bad, I guess you could say, but not great. There's also on the review on the PC World website uh, uh, a few more ray tracing tests. It's not pretty. If you want, my basic advice is if you want ray tracing performance, if you really believe in DLSS ray tracing, you got to do NVIDIA, right? They've done their work there. Also, another interesting thing that is probably worth mentioning. I'm not sure it totally applies everywhere, although I'd love to hear Ian's opinion, sir, because he does think we don't necessarily need all the of the, the PCIe, but Ryzen, the Ryzen part is the same SOC they use from their little tiny laptops all the way up to this. It gives you only, only uh, Gen Gen 3 and only eight lanes of it. Um, this is 3D Mark's PCIe feature test. Uh, you're seeing the the uh, Ryzen's, both of them, about 7 to 6.8 gigs of transfer speed over PCIe because, you know, it's 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 eight lanes of Gen Gen 3 compared to the OR 17G, which is about 12.5 gigs. That's a full by 16 Gen 3. And I should have included, but I did not, a Tiger Lake H laptop, which is, I think, 24. It's... <laughs> Intel went crazy on the on the PCIe um, in their laptops, and it shows up here. <laughs> Does it make a difference for graphics? You know, probably not. Um, you, but I sometimes, especially with weird configurations where you're running external GPUs, and you also then have to deal with also sending the video signal back and forth. It can be it can be a problem. I've seen that, and I do think we are about at the limit. So I'm going to hope that AMD's next iteration of its mobile Ryzen will have at least by 16 Gen 3 at, at a minimum, I hope. Uh, AMD's original reason why they didn't do it is too much power, right? But let's get on to some actual real games. First is Metro Exodus. And also, I didn't mention the color coding of the chart. Blue and green is Intel and NVIDIA. Red and green is AMD, Ryzen, and NVIDIA GeForce, and all red, of course, is Ryzen plus uh, Radeon. This is Metro Exodus Extreme Preset. I did not run it with ray tracing because I can tell you NVIDIA is going to do better. Let's be honest. Again, if you're into ray tracing, if you think that is a future and you want to bet hard on that, I still generally recommend you do NVIDIA. But you can see for the 99% of games that do not really support hardware ray tracing, it's pretty decent, especially compared to that 3080-105 watt configuration. So 44 frames a second versus 44.1 uh, frames a second for audio listeners and 48.6 for the 3080 it, with the Ryzen at a slightly higher wattage of 130. Oh, and of course, huh, I included this test twice. Skip this one, Adam. I'm going the wrong way. I've got it going backwards. Sorry. Next is Far Cry. New Dawn Ultra preset 19 by 10. You know, this uh, game is actually kind of interesting because it is a little more CPU dependent. Intel generally has done better on this before Ryzen 5000 showed up. Um, I am seeing uh, a, a little less performance out of 
uh, the Ryzen parts than I sort of expected, and especially looking at the uh, GeForce and Ryzen comparison, it's actually underperforming the the Gigabyte 17G with a Comet Lake and lower clock GeForce. And that is, of course, because, you know, far, the Far Cry series is generally run better on Intel. Ryzen 5000 on a desktop has sort of erased that. They're neck and neck, if not a little bit faster. The mobile Radeon is not the exact same chip. You don't get the same big-ass cache that you are getting on the desktop part. And we sort of see them slightly at a disadvantage. And, of course, Radeon also, um, it's more interesting to see that 130-watt GeForce versus the Radeon. It's pretty close. 83 frames a second versus 79 frames a second at 1080p. I'd say, you know, I wouldn't feel bad about that. So even though definitely the CPU performance is hurting it in the series a little bit, I would say it's 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 fine, right? It's, it's indistinguishable to the naked yeah. eye. That's what people need to remember. People always need to remember that. Are you really going to chase anything for five, even 10% more performance sometimes? Mm-hmm. Just... You know, don't get a little too caught up in the bar being longer. I know it's important to people. It's important to look at. It's important for you to know, but don't get a little too caught up in it. Next is sort of a light esports game, Rainbow Six Siege Ultra, 19 by 10, very CPU dependent. The fastest here is the uh, Ryzen GeForce combo at 237 frames a second. Next up is the 3080 and Comet Lake 10th Gen at 228 Radeon Ryzen, third, but really pretty good. 208 frames a second, I wouldn't feel bad about. So I would say that's also very respectable. Especially at ultra settings. <laughs> Especially at ultra settings. You're not going to complain. Um, you're not going to hit that full 300 hertz refresh rate. A lot of, actually, a lot of games, It's even some esports games, it's a little hard to hit, but um, it's still very hard to hit it, but I'm not going to complain about 200 frames a second. Next up is Red Dead Redemption 2, favorite quality. Uh, nice showing here for Radeon and Ryzen, where it's 87 frames a second versus 81.7 on that GeForce Ryzen 9 combo, and the Comet Lake 10 Gen and GeForce combo 74. They're all in the ballpark, but clearly there can be some wins, as we know from the many different games that you will play on Steam and Epic and all the other stores for some architectures favoring one or the other. So pretty good. Uh, next up is Shadows of the Tomb Raider, highest preset. No ray tracing again, because if you want ray tracing, you know, go to NVIDIA, frankly. That's, I really think I'm, I'm, I think if that's what you're into, I would recommend that. And we see Radeon. Uh, definitely slightly to uh, taking a, a, a backseat to both GeForce with the 130 watt GeForce uh, Ryzen at 117 frames a second, the OR 17G at 113 frames a second with the 10th gen Comet Lake and GeForce. And, you know, not bad. Definitely <laughs> depression in performance on the Ryzen Radeon, but again, 103.7 frames a second is not like you're 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 dying so not bad uh last thing i'm going to show because you know there's more game benchmarks in the actual review on pcworld.com is strange super grade ultra preset oddly it would not run on the geforce uh ryzen laptop the strix uh g17 i have no idea why 
drivers, whatever, mess with it, mess with it. And it just did not. In fact, it's the same game install too. So it didn't make any sense. The overall winner, 10th gen Intel with GeForce, what, 187 frames a second versus still a very respectable 179 frames a second out of the, the Radeon Ryzen. So, you know, it it's like definitely, a tie again. it's like a tie again. Definitely. I would, you know, but if I had to say clearly, GeForce is mostly in the lead in a lot of the games. And mind you, 105-watt GeForce and 130-watt GeForce is not the top-end levels of a GeForce 3080. You can get up to a you know 155-watt configuration, and clearly that would give them even more of an advantage. Not a huge difference, but you know if you're already in front and you goose that up another 5 maybe 7%, then... You're looking pretty good for GeForce, but Radeon is very respectable in most conventional games. Obviously, the weakness is um, ray tracing support. Not it's, horrible. It's, ha- it's hanging with the 3080. I mean, that's all yeah. you really got to say. <laughs> yeah, and I that's really, to me, I it was kind of surprised because, you know, when they do the briefing, they're like, they compare it to 3070, they compare it to 3080. You're going to go run your own test. You make your determination. I sort of expect to be sort of, you know, 3070-ish, but I f- it feels like it's 3075-ish, right? You know, I'm sure a very high-tuned, high-clock 3070 would, you know, actually give it a hard time. But obviously, we're seeing sort of like those lower TDP 3080s, you know, have a hard time with it, too. So it's it's pretty close. And, of course, I'm not going to get into Ryzen 9 5900HX performance, but we are going to run. This is from our review of the laptop. And that is just simply, it's a handbrake encode, all CPU based. It's a very old version we've been doing for a long time, but it's still useful because it's a very large file, runs a long time. And uh, CPUs that hit sort of thermal limits do not great, especially in laptops that are thermally limited. And you can see that Ryzen 9 5900HX <laughs> is on the very top of the list. Not a lot, but look, the next laptop down is an Alienware Area 51 with a Core i9-9900HK laptop or desktop CPU in it. It's still one of the fastest laptops you can get just simply because they are using a desktop class CPU in there. So that's awesome performance for Ryzen in a, again, a five pound laptop that not thin, it's, it's a healthy laptop. It's got some curves, but against a, a six pound, very large 17 inch laptop, you know, very good. Very good I can tell you, as someone who's reviewed a lot of gaming laptops, though, like you're saying, that's not thin, and I suppose that's that's true when you compare it to a Spectre or you compare it to some of those ultra thin, you know, gaming laptops that are purposely that. But that's that's a damn fine size for a gaming laptop, I think. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I think, and this is one of the things where, you know, I've asked laptop makers, why do you make why in Intel, why make thin laptops, and they were like. Well, you know what? Their only real answer is, and this is this is the only thing that should matter to them, is because that's what consumers buy. If you go into a store and you see this laptop, which is, again, the same weight, practically the same weight as most of those laptops, and you see this next to a laptop that is four millimeters thinner, three millimeters thinner, a lot of people will buy the thinner laptop because like, whoa. I like that thin laptop. It's just so sexy, right? But of course, you give up a lot with that performance. Were you getting thinner? You give up performance. I would argue it's probably better to have a thicker laptop. I would rather have slightly thicker and more performance. 
but people are really, really hung up on super thin laptops. And I know everybody complains. I want thick, fast laptops. I just said that's what I would like, but that ain't what people are buying. And so I can't really blame all of the laptop makers for making thinner laptops because if you make 10,000 of these and you make 10,000 of the thin ones and the thin ones sell out well before the other ones do, you know what you're going to make the next time. So that's, yep. that's the honest truth. Mm-hmm. That's what drives business. Um, next up, I do want to show off this because this, this is actually very important too. I do think gaming performance is important. Uh, I think this sort of explains some of the uphill battles AMD still has to do against, well, frankly, against Intel in some ways, although they're doing really well considering where they are and against NVIDIA, especially. And this is UL's Procyon benchmark. It uses basically Adobe Premiere applies a bunch of different effects um, to the to a 4K and 1080 or well, to a, a file, and then it exports it to two different 4K um, renders, and then it also exports it to 1080p. You know, one YouTube, whatever. I don't know what exactly presets it picks, but this is actually taking. This is a very real world. It's actually taking Adobe Premiere. You install it. You run this script. It runs Premiere. It tells it to spit this out. The test actually documents what they run. You can go to UL's website and see exactly what effects they're running. And you can see on this test, again, I've thrown in a lot of other different laptops. There is a Tiger Lake 3060 laptop. There is a Tiger Lake 11, I'm still getting the numbers wrapped up, 118700 with a, a 3080, 105 watt. Again, green Green and blue bars, Intel and NVIDIA. Red bars, green bars, NVIDIA, AMD, Ryzen. And all red is AMD. But you can see there is a clear advantage for NVIDIA-based laptops. Look, I mean, the 2060 Max-Q in the uh, Zephyrus G14 is, you know, right up, breathing right down the neck of this laptop. And that G14 is a very thin laptop. It's got 2060 Max Q. It's not exactly a barn burner GPU, but it's really breathing down the neck of that Radeon. And of course, just about every single GeForce based laptop that's bigger is doing better. Even that, um, the XPS 17, again, a very thin laptop, beautiful laptop, which I think I've now only finally understood the purpose of the XPS 17. But with, this is the older version. They have a newer one out with Tiger Lake and 3060. This is the 2060 Max-Q in a very thin laptop. It's beautiful. It's it's right there with this you know, Ryzen 9, which is a monster CPU. But what I think is really holding it back is, is the green bar, that greenness of NVIDIA. NVIDIA is right there embedded into Adobe products. They were the first to go out to Adobe to say, hey, let's work on doing GPU encoding. Let's do this. Let's do that. If you were the first one to help out Adobe to do that stuff, you're going to have a performance advantage. And we're seeing that direct result right here, right? So that is sort of one of the uphill battles Radeon has to do. Um, because it's not only about games with these gaming laptops. A lot of people will play their games, they record the stream, you're editing videos on this, and generally GeForce simply does better according to this benchmark. I'm sure if I ran Pujit as well, it would also agree because, you know, again, it's about developer relations. Intel has developer relations. NVIDIA has developer relations. Apple has developer relations. That matters a lot. 
we can do all our complaining about on Reddit saying, well, it's not fair. It's not fair that they are favoring these vendors. You can say all that. You can take your moral high ground. I understand it. That's fine for you. But if I'm a professional video editor and I have to pick a laptop for editing videos and I am getting paid by how fast I can get it done, you can take your high ground and cram it up your cram hole because you're not paying me, right? That's generally how most people think. You think with your wallet first, if you're going to make more money by doing jobs faster with one certain brand, that's all that matters. We can cram preach all we cram. want about, hey, one thing is better or not. Cram up your cram hole. The floors. I can't remember <laughs> what that was. That was. Um, last couple things, though. Uh, let's also get into power. I did an all. I uh, just looked at the power draw of the Ryzen 9 3080 laptop with 130 watt um, GeForce versus this Ryzen 9 with the Radeon in it. And uh, one thing I should have brought up, but I did not, was the power brick. Power bricks are always the tells on laptop. The power brick on the Ryzen 9 with the GeForce uh, ASUS laptop is I'm going off my brain here, but it's kind of fading. I think it's 240 watts, maybe 230, probably probably 240 watts. Can't remember. My brain's a little fried right now. This laptop and the Strix uh, G15 Advantage Edition is a 280-watt power supply. Um, generally, vendors don't like to use bigger power supplies if they don't have to. It costs more money. It takes up more room. People complain about how big they are. The one that, in fact, Asus included with his Advantage Edition is is comically huge. It is literally the size of a brick. And the reason, of course, is the power draw of this laptop. This is just simply running... Uh, 3D time spike stream on both laptops. I recorded both of the laptops simultaneously running it with watt meters. And the green bar is the NVIDIA Ryzen, NVIDIA AMD. The red bar is AMD plus AMD. And you could see NVIDIA for the most part is maybe 240 watts, pushing right up on the limits of its power brick. This laptop is pushing 250 watts, basically. So, um, no, wait, can I read? I'm really 270. It's way too small for my eyes. 250, <laughs> I think we're at about 180 for the uh, NVIDIA laptop. So it definitely uses a lot more power than a GeForce uh, Intel, uh, Ryzen Intel AMD combo. Uh, and, you know, obviously, since the other laptop has a Ryzen laptop, we can assume, and this the first part of the test is mostly a GPU test. We can assume a lot of that power consumption is because of the Radeon GPU. So it's definitely more power hungry. We'll have to see. I'll have to look at some of the other thinner, lighter laptops. I know Razer has announced uh, if you want a thin laptop with Ryzen, they announce a Ryzen, although that's with GeForce. So it is. It is with GeForce. I would like to see Radeon get into thinner, uh, thin laptops as well, because I do know that is something people like, but clearly it is more power hungry, it looks like. Yeah, if yeah. I remember right, uh, the Razer one you're mentioning, I think it's limited to 100 watts for 3080. Oh, okay. 3080, 100 watts. So yeah, so tune down a little bit. And then is it Tiger? Oh, no, it's Ryzen, right? Ryzen 9? It's a 5900HX okay. yeah. paired with either 3080, 3070, or 3060, depending on which SKU you get. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty nice. 
Um, and the very last, the very last uh, screenshot I'm going to show you is this is kind of cool. So you know, with Nvidia, it has oh, good lord, I can't remember speed shift, speed boost. I don't know Intel dynamic and, boost, and dynamic boost 2.0 uses AI stuff. The blah 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 blah. What it is though is a. Uh, it is not something you can easily control. You can control it. Some of the laptops are letting you turn it off with AMD and Smart Shift with Ryzen 5000 with Radeon. They they talk to each other at the hardware level. You have no control over it so far. I have not seen any laptop let you do it. AMD doesn't appear to let laptop makers let you influence it too much. But <clears throat> the CPU and GPU talk to each other and can shift power thermals where it's needed. Um, you can actually see this if you run certain lighter loads. I did this. This is, again, a 3D Mark Time Spy. Time might be Time Spy Extreme. This particular part is where you get to the physics section, which is, of course, you know, uh, more CPU bound, uses more cores. And you can see that bar on the left-hand side dip down. I think it was about 18%. That is AMD's Smart Shift moving power, moving thermals, moving the budget to the CPU. So very, very decent amount of performance is moved to the CPU in this one test because it knows, you know what, you're not really using the GPU that hard. We're going to, we're going to let the, the CPU crank it up. Uh, most of the G, most of the times I saw smart shift in this particular laptop, I didn't really see more than maybe 4% shifted to the GPU. I imagine it's pretty much running pretty hard most of the time. And there's not that much, uh, as you put a Radeon into a bigger laptop with better cooling, better cooling, better power, we might see more, but in this particular, um, configuration, not, not really a big deal, but on the CPU, you're seeing a major shift to the CPU. And of course, because AMD is managing it, we assume that AMD is doing a good job. One of my fears with dynamic boost is, and I'm sure Intel's afraid of it too, is if you give NVIDIA control over the budgets of what's more important in a, in a laptop, are they going to always, is it going to, I'm going to guess NVIDIA is always going to say it is the GPU. I know they don't want to hurt performance too much, but there may be times where, you know what, if we're going to give something more performance, we're going to give it to ourselves. And that is sort of that, that really un, I don't know, uneasy ground. I think Intel and NVIDIA are in with these sort of power sharing schemes, because I don't know if it's really power sharing or a power tug of war. So we'll see. But we assume with AMD, they're not going to hurt each other. Yeah, they tempt that up a bunch. Uh, the, the cool thing is with these AMD Advantage laptops like this one is it doesn't only include that uh, smart shift. So, yeah, smart shift in a lot of scenarios might, like you just said, get you 4 or 5% more. Uh, but then it also has smart access memory. And so that in a bunch of games will get you 4 or 5% more as well. And, you know, all those little things start to add up to all of a sudden you're getting 10% more, 10% plus more than what you would expect to get if you didn't have those. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually something I fear I should bring up. So Advantage Edition doesn't just mean this laptop. It's not some branding. It is AMD's attempt to make lower end laptops better. Because, you know, if you go out and you buy a 3000 or a $2,600 laptop, you're getting a really nice panel. You're getting an NVMe SSD. You're getting all kinds of nice stuff. If you are buying in that $1,500 range, 
it's not always the best stuff. In fact, sometimes you'll wait, find wait, it- wait, 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 $1,500. Didn't you say this goes toe to toe with the 3080? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that we'll is, get to that next. We'll get to we'll that get next. To that next. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. I haven't actually read your review yet. So. Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> Just insult me, Brad. No, <laughs> no and, and the advantage program really sort of says at lower for lower cost laptops where AMD is very there. They know they, they don't rank high on consumers, especially laptop buyers. They don't rank high on the demand list. AMD's brand is not to the point where it is on desktops. We know that's changed. Everybody loves Ryzen. On laptops, you get a more mainstream audience. They tend to go into lower skew laptops, lower price laptops. And those laptops, they make sacrifices. You know what? If you want a really decent gaming budget laptop for $1,100, you may not get an NVMe SSD. You might get a SATA SSD. You might get an IPS screen. And as we know, there are some really, really bad IPS panels out there, which sometimes makes me wonder if they're really IPS panels. So the AMD Advantage program says, you know, IPS, OLED, high refresh in some of them, NVMe, a lot of really nice features that you're going to sort of see that are branded Advantage. For AMD, that means that basically you're not going to get a SATA SSD. It'll have to be an NVMe SSD. So that's what Advantage gives you. And again, as as about the price, AMD knows it's going to go more into the lower price SKUs. That's gotten a lot better. But as Brad mentioned, this laptop, 16 gig, 512, but upgradable for the SSD um, and RAM, is the, the price on Best Buy is... Uh, 1650 and it will fight with some 3080 laptops especially low tgp laptops and um asus actually is funny because asus is like oh yeah it'll be 1500 when it comes out it's like are you sure on this configuration 16 gigs 512 300 hertz panel radeon 6800m and ryzen 9 yeah it should be about 1500 well the actual price it's selling for is 1650 so it'll be interesting to see if it actually comes down to 1500 for $1,500 for a 300 hertz panel, you know, sort of like 3075 to low end 3080 Ryzen 9 performance that basically stomps every 10th gen CPU and gives even the 11th gen uh, CPUs a really hard time for $1,500 to $1,600 is a hell of a deal. And I, I think AMD is trying to really kind of disrupt, you know, AMD or NVIDIA. Intel and NVIDIA's game because they have very much always been the premium brand with the top shelf performance and they really want to disrupt a lot of it with pricing i feel like that works 1650 for that is ludicrous you can't uh like you might be able to get a 3070 laptop for that but i would think that that end that price you're looking more at the higher end 3060 laptops yeah i was actually when i write the wrote the review i also looked what you can buy in new egg and amazon and it really a lot of them were 3060s Although, although 3060 prices range down to get pretty reasonable, down to 1300, some t- you know 1300 price, but for 30, you know, for there were only maybe there was like two or there's only one 3070 laptop when I checked that I could buy on Newegg, and oftentimes uh, 3070 laptops, you know, they'll again also be stripped down. There'll be 16 gigs, 512 configurations as well. They may take some other shortcuts because, you know. NVIDIA and Intel, they are premium brands in laptops. People pay for the names. They pay for the badges. So vendors can charge more for them. And, and 
and NVIDIA and Intel can charge more. So that means the vendors have to cut corners somewhere. So it does compete extremely well against uh, against the class of laptops it's priced against. Uh, well, we have a, a whole crap ton uh, of questions uh, specifically about this laptop. You, you ready for them, Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Dr. Ian Cutris uh, has three of his own. I'm going to start off with the first one. Are all the devices that you were testing against this laptop uh, DDR4-3200, or is one of them DDR4-X4267? Uh, the, so the, most of the, the gaming performance on the 3080s, so the Ryzen 9 3200, I don't know the sub-timings. Um, you sort of, I think you sort of get what you get with these laptops. The the uh, Core i7, oh God, Core i7 1870H with the 3080, the 105 watt uh, TGP was uh, DDR4 2933 because you cannot get 3200 with i7s. Uh, I believe that uh, I was told relates to some issue where some of the CPUs sporadically would not boot with 3200 modules in them so the fix when the 10th gen was originally introduced was let's just make i7 2933 oh that fixed it so you will not at least i've not looked lately but you will generally 99 percent sure not be able to find an i7 10th gen a core with ddr4 3200 from the factory and that apparently is related to that kind of weird booting bug when it was originally introduced i think hmm uh, and Unless uh, I'm mixing things up, there have been a lot of laptop CPUs. And a uh, friend of the show, Vignesh, says, uh, was asking about RAM and said many of these Asus machines appear to use RAM with terrible subtimings. Changing the RAM appears to give a uh, plus 5 to 10% performance uh, boost on its own. Have you heard about this? Yeah, so I think I, is it Jared's Tech actually did a bunch of videos. Awesome stuff over there. Um, subscribe to his channel. Um, he's done some look at issues. Some of the vendors, you know, with the modules, the subtimings can put a pretty big dent into performance of the laptop. Five to ten percent is, you know, fairly significant. It's not as significant as, say, stepping down to single channel, which most gaming laptops do not do. But it it does not it does not help. Um, I think Jared basically said, vendor said, well, you know what. It's a commodity mark. It's a commodity product, and we cannot guarantee that we can only get these particular Ryzen-friendly um, SODIMs. So you're going to get what you're going to get. And um, I think for most consumers, you're not going to go out and buy a laptop and then go out and buy memory that's faster to make it go 5% faster. Um, but it, again, speaks to the world. Uh, into, I NVIDIA has – God – AMD has a uphill climb with laptops. Um, desktops they had, it has basically spent focused the last two, three years on conquering desktops, which I think everybody would agree it has significantly conquered desktops in most people's minds. It is not the same in laptops. They are doing really well. There are um, some really, really nice AMD-based laptops. I will tell you that's the Biggest change. The most significant thing about this is not 5% difference performance. The most significant thing is they are in the conversation. You see, you see, you see Razer, which has always been in, in, in an Intel, um, NVIDIA shop. They have, they have a Ryzen based laptop now. Uh, 
there are a lot of vendors with Ryzen-based laptops. So, you know, they Ryzen is also starting to get into more premium price SKUs, not sort of these horrible plastic-based. You know, they're getting into Surface. So AMD is clearly focused now on conquering laptops. And I think I said this years ago, that's one place in, Intel does not want to give up. They are going to fight tooth and nail here because that matters way more to them. More laptops sell than desktops, folks. I know I, people I tell you, don't believe it. I tell you what, I it might just be because laptops are like a secondary coverage area for me. But in the entire time that I think I've been covering, you know, technology like this, decade plus, I don't think AMD has offered a mobile GPU that can hang with NVIDIA's top end card or GPU like this one does. Like, yeah. Has no. that ever happened? It has never happened. The 5800 was like, wow, it's kind of interesting in the 400 laptops that were ever made. And basically the one Dell that I saw the G5 was, <laughs> it was like a Pontiac Fiero in the amount of plastic it had on it. So <laughs> I, well, although I do like retro feels of the Pontiac Fiero, it's not a, it's not really a, a high quality feel to it. <laughs> I have seen Ryzen base ultrabooks. I've seen a lot of, and you know, a razor, razor laptops are some of the most premium laptop feels you can get out there getting Ryzen in there. Big deal. Now they're getting radon in there. Um, and I would imagine Nvidia doesn't, you know, they're not going to give up either. They, they like to, they like to, to brawl as well. So. But yes, AMD for the first time ever, I'm with you, Brad. I don't think I've ever seen a Radeon this competitive in the time, in the amount of memory that I can still remember. Because there are some okay. things I don't remember that I've actually, you can show me that I've actually reviewed on film. And I don't remember ever touching them. But as far as I know, no. <laughs> NVIDIA, has, NVIDIA has led the way on GPUs for a long time. And Intel has dominated laptops for a long time. So they are making really, really big headway here. Competition will be good for everybody. And to finish the thought, I was saying that that sub-timing issue you are seeing on that, that Jared's tech found, you know why that is? Because like, oh, yeah, I make sodiums. I'm going to qual these things for the, you know, I'm going to qual these for laptops. Well, who happens to own 99% of laptops in the world? Well, that is Intel-based products. Do I need to go in and tune sub-timings for AMD Ryzen? It's like, oh, hell no. They don't even exist. So now we're going to see those sort of weird teething pains where, you know, just like you saw with Adobe products, everything is built around Intel and NVIDIA in laptops. So it it's 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 a it's a it's a hill, but in AMD is doing really well. I mean, I've never seen so many AMD based laptops in my life, in premium based laptops. So it's it's a good showing. A uh, friend of the show, Kyle from Hard OCP TV, says uh, biggest wow, issue. All that, the old timers here. I know, right? Uh, says biggest issue that AMD has to overcome is that Intel delivers completed design platforms to the OEMs. Selling an Intel laptop requires a lot less R and D when it comes to delivering a product to market. Yeah, and they're starting to push that a lot. That co-engineered term a lot more. I've noticed too, right? So, yeah. Mm. They Intel, and I think this is something people really underestimate. Kyle makes a really good point. I totally agree. They underestimate Intel and Intel's footprint over the PC industry. You could arguably say Intel is the PC. So people who, the haters who wish Intel, they could just snap Intel out of existence. You would basically snap the PC out of existence because you would never recover from Intel never existing from 
if you just made Intel vanish and all the work Intel does, NVMe, SATA, SSD, everything, every single thing you can think of that builds the PCI ecosystem, Intel has invested hundreds of millions of dollars. You do have to give them credit for doing that. Um, to be fair to Intel. So they, and that is, of course, it is hard for somebody, you know, the reason why they're doing this is one, to make better products. And two, if you make a product so good that it takes your competitors so much work to break in, it's hard for competitors to break in. So that's why they do it. <laughs> uh, so another question from uh, Dr. Ian Cutris. Uh, doesn't Intel get really annoyed you use a really old handbrake version? Uh, you know, they, the reason we still use that, that the reason I use that is in our official review, which we have not updated that, la that the laptop guidelines for a long time, we still use it. It's actually kind of nice because, you know, Ian, Kyle as well, there's nothing like having to, and Brad, you know what it's like to throw away historic benchmark scores. Yeah, You're never going to go back and re painful. reproduce those scores. You now have to regenerate everything. Yep. It's re that's why a lot of reviewers really like you don't like to change things. And originally, when we did that handbrake encode test, it was sort of built around as a soak test. You know, let's be honest: uh, a, a dual core U class Intel laptop doing a thirty gigabyte handbrake encode. One Intel would say nobody would ever do that in their right minds, and two would take an hour and when we originally started it it was a great way to see the impact of of, of uh, thermals on a on a thin light laptop it's actually gotten to the point where it's kind of useless um we'll probably move to handbrake you know a newer version of handbrake um uh, as well as a, a larger file but i think of course this is the this actually would be a great time this this would be great we want to get dr ian cutters I love him. I want to get him on talk about benchmarks, benchmarks philosophy, because, you know, I was like, if we did handbrake 1.3.3, I would say, you know what, uh, we're going to do a CPU encode. And they're like, whoa, you know, I'm sure Intel would say like, whoa, what's up with that? You know, you got an Intel CPU. You want to use QuickSync. You should use QuickSync, right? And you know how that gets. It's like, uh, really? I, I got to do handbrake. Then I do QuickSync. Oh, and then video, I got to do, I got to do NV Inc. And then, oh, you know, we got AMD. So you, then you're now trying to run four different versions of Handbrake. And then now I have to like, well, how do you, I even know the file ends up looking the same? I don't know if what the pro, what the preset for, you know, of AMD VCE is the same as what you're getting out of NV Inc. It gets, it gets into a major mess. So actually one nice thing about using an ancient version of, of handbrake is it sort of gives us an out on that. But yes, I agree with you. It is old, but again, benchmark politics would be a great topic when we have the uh, Dr. Ian Cutters on, we yeah. definitely have to yeah. get him on. Cause we, yeah, we should, we should get a, a big group of, uh, of people. That'd, that'd benchmark politics, a benchmark yeah. politics. Episode. There we go. <laughs> uh, okay. Another uh, uh, kind of uh, joke question. CMC Knight is uh, throwing a lot of, a lot of stuff in there, especially M1. But uh, he said, uh, uh, why instead of buying back stock, uh, does AMD not spend some cash and hire more programmers and invest in optimizing on Adobe and things like that to fix their encoding engine? Well, I think it's probably because 
well, I, I'm, I'm not qualified to answer that question. I am not a business person. I'm not a, a you know, financial analyst. My guess is somebody said somewhere this makes more money. Um, and I think to, you know, you now are going to knock the doors on, 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 uh, Adobe and get them to give you as much attention as Nvidia and Intel and Apple who, good Lord, I don't know what the, budgets have been for DevRel from those three companies alone. Now you're going to show up with a bag of, I don't know, $1 bills. I, it's It feels like right now it probably makes more sense to do something financial that gets you more resources down the road. The battle with Adobe to get better performance on Adobe products takes time and a lot of money because, again, you're fighting the richest corporation on earth. You're fighting the largest chip company on earth or one of, and then you're fighting the most powerful GPU company on earth. So it's pretty hard to try to put that fire out with the squirt gun, I would guess. For what it's worth, I was just, I just looked up AMD's R&D expenditure, which is not the same thing as software development, but for what it's worth, since 2016, they've increased their R&D spend by 50%. So it's not like they're just giving money to stockholders and neglecting the company. Yeah. And, re- and you know, remember, those decisions are made on stock buybacks. Those are based on, mm-hmm. you know, sound accounting principles. Oh, oh my God. The, the, <laughs> you know, the, the people who can figure out the tax codes and how to manage the finances of company, that's, that is a dark art. So I, I wouldn't question that. I'm sure the math makes a lot more sense to do that than try to chase DevRel. Okay. All right. Uh, no more specific uh, laptop questions. Uh, and anything else on on the same D Advantage stuff? Do you have any other hardware coming in? Well, I know mm. that the other you know Advantage laptop is um, is an Omen based laptop. I have not seen any others. I would love to see you know Radeon into a thin laptop. I do expect to soon be finally testing. A, a GeForce based laptop with a Tiger Lake in it. So that will be very interesting to go up against, you know, basically a Ryzen 9 laptop as well as a GeForce laptop. So it'll get interesting. My prediction Intel will be faster in games, enough to blow you away. Probably not, but I think they will maintain their lead. That's my guess. Okay, cool. Uh, and before we move on, my guess is that a lot of these fine folks in the chat would like some full nerd merch. Uh, I uh, we, we announced it. We announced it last week. Uh, I'll put the the link in the chat. We have a, a new merch vendor, Crowdmade. Jay's Two Cents uses them also, so it's a uh, it's it's a good place. We've worked with them, you know, to to really iron out some stuff. Right now, you can still get the limited edition polo shirt. Uh, there is international shipping. Uh, yeah, head, head to the link, uh, buy, buy some cool merch. Uh, soon I'll, I'll get it, uh, in the, the YouTube tray as well. Uh, I just need to enable that, figure that out. Um, but yeah, you know, buy, buy some full, full nerd merch, celebrate five years with the full nerd, uh, with our merch. And I, I promise more designs are, are coming. Uh, I'm, I'm continually, continually working on that stuff. So, uh, yeah, then let's, uh, let's five get years. To- how many, how many places have the same core group of people doing a podcast for five straight years that's a that's pretty damn cool yeah wow it's, it's not it's not not often it seems like we just started yesterday yeah 181 we'll, we'll and have to yeah, I saw, what we gotta do for 200 i saw oh, ian ask a question uh we do 
we do video rundown tests on gaming laptops. Um, I think this was maybe about seven-ish, eight-ish hours. Pretty, pretty reasonable for the hardware inside. We don't generally do gaming CPU rundown tests because, as you know, 99.9 watt hours with a 150 watt TDP graphics card and a, you know, 60 watt CPU is, I can tell you they are all the same, you know, not enough. So <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yep. So, yeah. Thank, thank, sorry, I just had to do a little merch shout out. You know, I, I'm traditionally horrible at, at, at pimping our uh, our merch stuff, but I, I do really like this vendor and, and I want to uh, have it grow. And and so yeah, get get some get some orders in because it, it's fun stuff. Uh, my my goal is one day to go to a trade show in the future and see somebody wearing wearing a shirt. I, I think I would probably poop my pants <laughs> and then run away because i don't want that person <laughs> to see me pooping my pants uh all right so uh, and the link so, the link for the merch is with, where we're gonna have to pack you a spare set of clothing on the for the show floor <laughs> exactly can i buy it, it and then write it off can i do that as I, well, talk set, talk to me they... uh, well I, I can get our, our vendor pricing uh get, get some source for you gordon so don't worry uh and yeah no i can just expense it Oh well, okay, sure. There you go. Do well, that, that too. As a perk of perk of working it in the tech. Can't yeah, you get right? a, a hat? I would wear it though. What's up with the flat brim hat? There's a regular one too. Yeah, there's a regular one, and you. Yeah, you but can, the other one's a trucker hat. <laughs> All right. Well, Gordon hates drive, our merch. I don't drive I guess. a Mack truck, and I'm not a hipster. You need a regular baseball hat. All right. I'll, I'll, I will. I'll, you I'll, have to take it up. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll text our rep and be like, "Hey, Gordon really doesn't like these hat options. Can we get another hat option?" <laughs> so, uh, all right, all right. Here we go. Um, you know what I don't like? What don't you like? I don't like E three this year. Oh, no, I, ooh, I don't like E three this year. What a what a weird show. <laughs> you know, I'm, there's I'm, a transition. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm gonna say right off the bat here it's that it's very weird. It's very weird. It's all virtual. It, yeah, I mean it's all virtual, you know. Like, hey, I, I get it. Uh, you know, things things were changing before these times anyway at E3 uh, and whatnot. But I, I will say right off the bat, it's not like I don't think any of us uh, really like followed it intensely this year, right? I mean, we we all had kind of yeah. other things to do, and frankly, it wasn't that exciting. We, we kind of talked about that a little bit before the show, but you know, like there there's still there's still announcements, there's still things, you know, and at least for me. Uh, other than like looking in on some of my favorite titles and 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 see if there's anything cool that bubbles up, uh, I, I think it is nice to kind of get a, a gauge of of PC, the PC's presence at E3, right? You know how how much are people talking about PC hardware? How much are people talking about you know uh, PC specific games? Obviously, PC Gamer has the PC Gaming Show, uh, you know things like that. Um, so I, I think it is good to at least you know uh, put put a little thermometer in even though overall i think it's a pretty boring e3 there are some pc related stuff uh the first one which not when, not when i first start when i when i first started here in 2013 or so i went to e3 that very year and it was hard finding coverage specific to pc world like i went as part of a sister site that was covering consoles they got all kinds of appointments and stuff for me it was real hard to find pc games but now, virtually every title, not 100%, but the vast majority of titles that get announced that you see at E3 these days are also coming to the PC. We do have the PC gaming show. It's been a stunning turnaround over the last decade. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very much, uh, at least, you know, with the, the on the Xbox side, I did see a lot of announcements and they're usually like, hey, console exclusive or, you know, usually it's like, well, this is also coming to Windows 10. Uh, and it's like, OK, well, it's obvious. Uh, and, and, and lately, Sony has been better. Obviously, Sony doesn't have a, an official E3 presence, but Sony, Sony has been at least saying they're going to release more of their games uh, on the PC. So, yeah. you know, I mean, quite frankly, we we, we win when it comes to all that right uh so uh, as, yep. as long as the console Yay to switzerland out. <laughs> i know right uh one of the one of the interesting things that, that i saw uh i don't know if you you saw this gordon but um uh microsoft flight simulator got announced for the the consoles uh it was a pc exclusive now it's coming out on the the xbox platform um but who is it uh oh crap Tur- turtle beach is making a it's not a hotas it's it's a kind of a, a modified f- flight system that works on the pc and on the console I, I was actually pretty surprised to see it's it's a pretty cool setup Ooh. i i'm not a i'm not a hotas fan i'm not gonna say i know anything about it but i was just like wow that's that they're they're serious about bringing a flight experience to the home console uh, uh yeah it was it's a pretty cool little setup that's crazy that's oh. they're, now they're creeping into our space. What's going on here? <laughs> well, I, although that's you know it it is interesting because Microsoft it does seem like they they chart they definitely want to use that PC gaming plus console to sort of bludgeon Sony. You know, yeah. Sony seems to have woken up to the fact that you make money when you sell it to more people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the thing is they have. Isn't that usually what happens when you're losing though? Sony's not losing. <laughs> no, they're not. But I mean, but, uh, historically, historically, opening up to other yeah. platforms is when you're losing, yeah. right? I, th- I think what they're going to do is bring all the older AAA games like they have been doing with Days Gone and Horizon Zero Dawn and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe and actually, well, Microsoft, Microsoft's into the hands like, hey, you know, here's 30 games that we just announced at E3 between Bethesda and Microsoft and all of our partners. 27 of them are going to be on Game Pass on day one. You can get them. You can play them on your PC. You can play them on your, your Xbox. You can play them on your Series X, your One X, your One S, your Android phone if you want. Just play our games. And that's pretty dang cool, I think. Yeah. yeah. I love that you can just go between platforms and the same the same save game, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I haven't had a chance to try it, but they did uh, the, the game streaming, what was previously called xCloud. Uh, I think it's like Xbox, game Xbox stream, Cloud maybe. Gaming now. Cloud Gaming. There we, there we go. They they did an, enable a a a browser based uh, a PC version. I, I've I've not tried it out yet, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, Xcloud is a way better name. It, it is kind of a cool name. I yeah. agree. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, uh, you know, obviously, aside from titles and and getting excited, uh, things like that, I I will say I was surprised that. That there was no mention of of uh, FSR, any anything that we saw from AMD at, at Computex, uh, trickling down to the consoles. I mean, they, they talked about ray tracing in in certain titles and whatnot, but they're, they're, I, I was sure that man, once they announced FSR at Computex, that they would start to to trickle it down into console talk uh, at E three, but. Nope. I thought I, we talked about this though. I thought we had. I thought Brad had said that uh, it was probably going to be just later because they want to yeah. nail it first on PC. Yeah, that's pretty much what Scott Herkelman said when he was on the show. They're like, yeah, this is definitely, like, the goal is to have it everywhere, And but we're going to be launching on the PC first. On the PC, they have a lot more, you know, they're in control. 
the developers and AMD directly can push patches. They can do all kinds of stuff. They don't have to go through the certification process. And pass, patching and stuff is a lot more of a headache on consoles than it is on the PC. For sure, yeah. No, I, Makes I, sense. I, I, I was hoping. I guess I was just holding out hope uh, <laughs> the, that it was at least going to be uh, well, going to be talked about. It's the launch date that they said was what June twenty second, I believe it was. So that's only one week from today. So you don't you don't get too disappointed yet until you hear what they have to say a week from now. True, true, true. This this show, I can see. I mean, E three, especially these days with this pandemic, one is really weird. Like, I think uh, EA was real smart to get out ahead of the train by doing the Battlefield twenty forty two launch last week because. Like, without all the big stage shows and the stage presence and the face-to-face time and all that jazz, like, it really is just a bunch of competing trailers, basically, is what it feels like. Which is what E3 always kind of is, but it feels more so this year. So I can understand why a company like AMD, who's trying to, you know, get hype around this new exciting feature, wouldn't want to just have more thrown into this big mess of trailers. Be like, oh, yeah, we have FSR, too, and give it the extra week to have its own proper launch that's what sony's kind of doing too i think it's a lot harder when it's virtual because i mean so much of i think the excitement out of e3 is not just that you watch the trailers but then almost immediately you hear from the people on the ground what it feels like to play those games and we're not really getting that because it's virtual and it's harder to you know put people in touch with those hands-on experiences yeah, that's always in our in the past in our E three coverage. Those have always been the hits. It's it's. I mean, sometimes it's you know here's twenty five awesome games that are coming to the PC. But in general, it's like whoa, we tried this rad game in the corner. You should check out Rise of the Triad. I think was one of them one of the years a long time ago. But stuff like that, you know, like nobody's talking about this. But we tried this off in the corner, and this is dope as hell. And those are the things that people want to read and people see. That's what's done success for us in the past. And you, you just don't get that with a virtual experience. Even though they, they've tried doing, different developers have tried doing virtual play sessions and stuff over Zoom and Skype and stuff like that. But it's, it's just not the same. Yeah, definitely not the same. And, and the, yeah, I, I, it, there's some, some of the things that I think about uh, past E3s of, of being able to, to just roam around with Hayden and <laughs> to shoot dumb stuff was, was also hardware related you know, the uh, Razer Corsair would have keyboards, you know, uh, new headsets, things like that to kind of talk about, which not just PC, but obviously, uh, has, has a lean towards that. Um, I did see that Razer announced the, the or officially unveiled the project Hazel, which they, they talked about that, the mask thing at CES, but they, they talked about it again on their stream last night. I was like, that was that was a kind of an interesting little thing to yes. announce it at E3 or to show more of at E3. Uh, I thought that was kind of curious. <laughs> um, you know, not, not if you're going to spend game, money but... to pay up for an E3 spot, you got to pay for those spots. You're going to cram as much news as you can into there. I think. <laughs> uh, I, I guess so. Yeah. Right. Is is that what it is? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's still cheaper than than buying I mean... booth space. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And don't forget when you have a fan base like Razors, I mean they're going to just, you know, slurp up all the news you can give them. Yeah, well, true, true. Uh and then what was it Ver- e- Verizon had their first E3 show, talked about 5G gaming. Uh yeah, it was 
it was weird. It was really a weird show uh, overall. <laughs> how much how much money does Verizon have, man? They managed to get an E3 flagship keynote. They managed to, you know, you remember that like 20-minute burst when they were announcing the iPhone 12 when it was just like the Verizon CEO was on the stage with Tim Cook or whatever, just like, oh, yeah, 5G is awesome. Verizon's awesome. Like Verizon's spending up to make sure you know that Verizon, like every other network, also has 5G. <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i also think that they had some spots open to sell let's just put it that way too <laughs> what did, did you guys see any cool games that caught your eye anything in particular catch you guys' eye while we were not watching the show this weekend <laughs> well when i was looking at some of the the recaps i i would say that for me i i'm less interested in the big triple a titles right now because i feel like the development cycles have been so impacted by the pandemic that i'm i i personally don't find it a good source of uh resource to use my energy on getting hyped for it because i just don't want to like be in suspended suspense so to speak um for forever so i was like pretty pumped to hear that play dead the people who did um Inside and Limbo are going to be coming out with a new game because I really like how atmospheric their games are. Like they're they're just a very different pacing from what I felt was uh, vampire shooter extravaganza, which is kind of the theme <laughs> this year. Yeah, it's real weird. <laughs> hey, that's know. great. I love their vibe. Yeah. What about for you two? I guess maybe Gordon, if you actually caught up on the news. No, I have no idea. Yeah, didn't want to, didn't want to exclude you automatically. Yeah. I'm <laughs> waiting for E4 next week. E4, uh, so. E4 that was a real thing. E4 all, yeah. Uh, really? That was yeah, oh. uh, hosted by IDG, uh, or not hosted, but pr- produced, whatever. Um, uh, God, I can't find the name of it. They, they, there was this uh, like noir. 2d kind of action game that that microsoft showed off that was the biggest one where ooh. i was like "Ooh, what the hell is that oh i know what you're talking about oh, here it is it's yeah replaced it's replaced yeah there we go that's the name and, and wow like if there's one trailer to to watch i yeah watch that one that was that that is totally my jam that looks awesome and i think they also said it uh it has ray tracing too which you, you wouldn't think like pop pops up in a in like a 2d game like this but it it looks beautiful like wow i yeah that i i guess my my second would be or for me personally excitement is uh, stalker 2 uh back before i had built my first pc you know and i was just looking at pc gaming through the window and just being oh man one day i'll be able to game on a pc uh one of those games was always one of those games was always uh, stalker like I, like i had heard about it on podcasts and stuff and i was like man stalker sounds awesome uh yeah, and like having having a stalker too. Like I was just like, oh yeah, okay, this looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and they got it was like a five minute gameplay trailer or something they put up too. So it's not it's not mm-hmm. a short teaser like many of the things were. It's a legit like here's what the game's going to look like. Hopefully at this point. Yeah, for sure. No, that that was that was super cool. I, I I'm surprised more people aren't aren't talking about it because I was I was excited uh, for stalker and and that's for me when i think of pc yeah, like that made sure, our list yeah sure it's coming to to console but like that's a that's a pcs pc game uh in my mind <laughs> i i think i saw an ad though is there a crisis remastered coming out that's there's already that already out. came out crisis oh. remastered but there's crisis two and three remastered oh, are they going to be doing now 
for me, it was also independent games, I think, that got me the most excited. I somehow forgot to get replaced into my article that I wrote, which I'm going to fix some point this afternoon. Mm-hmm. That game looks awesome. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Gloomwood from New Blood. New Blood, the guys who made, or the studio that made Dusk, that made A Medieval, that made Unfortunate Spaceman, all that kind of stuff. They have uh, a game they've been working on for a while called Gloomwood that they call Thief with Guns. Uh, which is right up my damn alley. And they put a five-minute teaser trailer. It looks like from the beginning of the game. Gameplay. It's not a teaser trailer. It's a five-minute gameplay demo. Uh, they're in the PC gaming show. And it looks amazing. It still has the same retro vibe as the other New Blood games. And I am very excited to play more of that. As I was just saying last week, my dream ray tracing game is a Thief remake with ray tracing. I just love that kind of vibe. Thief with Guns retro style. I'm down. Uh, that replace game was awesome. I'm really excited about Forza Horizon 5. We all knew it was coming, but Forza Horizon to me, like that's the pinnacle of arcade racers, and I love it. And every time there's a new one, I'm excited for it. And this one's gonna have ray tracing. Yeah. So it's just always really fun. It. It's oh, just like a like a like a, I don't know. Like yeah. I wish they would release in the summer because I that's like a perfect like summer game for me. You just race around. You yes. Know, yeah. Have have time to. One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh. And, and I'm excited because I never actually played Forza Horizon 4. I think, oh, I can fix it now because when it came out, the Xbox Game Pass app wasn't available. And I had such issues. I loved that. I put dozens of hours into Forza Horizon 3, but I had to get through the Windows Store. And mm-hmm. I just had so many management issues with it. So now that the Xbox Game Pass, the Xbox app, is, works and is good on PC, I can actually play Forza Horizon 5. And I just thought I can go back and play Forza Horizon 4. So I'm extremely excited. Uh, there was another game called Trek to Yomi. That looked really good, too. Uh, it's a black and white side-scrolling samurai kind of a thing that throws off real strong, like, Kurosawa vibes. Ghost of Tsushima, if you like that, looks kind of... I'd never heard anything about it. It's like a minute, minute and a half trailer. It just it looks real cool. Like, it looks very moody and atmospheric, and that's what I'm all about. Uh, it came out during the Devolver Digital Conference, so you might not have seen it. Uh, but that looks cool. And along the same lines, I guess I like martial arts because there's a game called Sifu coming out. Uh, it's from the guys who made, or I keep saying guys, but it's from the studios that made Absolver, which if you didn't play Absolver, was super cool martial arts game where you could create your own custom martial arts and wander through this world and meet other people and fight and stuff like that. But they just put so much care and love and time into the actual like art of making it feel like a martial art, like you're learning to fight and not just a fighting game. Like there's a big difference. And Sifu looks to be a more focused single player version of that all revolving around one specific martial arts style. And that's possibly super niche, but it's also again, something that I am super excited about. So I was really excited to see they had put off a new gameplay trailer of their own. So those were what got me most excited. And Arcane's Redfall. Uh, it was just oh. a trailer, the five-minute. It was That's a rendered trailer. It was a CG trailer. Yeah, but it basically looks like Left 4 Dead 2 with, like, as Elena was saying, vampires and magic and guns, which there is oh. another. Uh, there are several games along those lines. But Arcane doing it makes that incredibly interesting to me. I love the, the like, they seem to have the tone right in the trailer or, that they put out. Uh, Arcane, they do Dishonored. They do Prey. You know, they're known for their immersive sims. But if you never played Prey Moon Crash, uh, that was possibly one of the best roguelikes of the last five years. And it was just an expansion for Prey. 
and they just put so much thought and care into their games. I'm really excited to see what they can do with the Left 4 Dead style two kind of formula. Oh, I'm so I'm so glad Left 4 Dead uh, style games are coming back. <clears throat> Super excited for Bad for Blood. Yeah, uh, I, I actually was. I was like, man, should I just? While I'm waiting, should I just reinstall Left 4 Dead 2? Ah, dang it. Because uh, I, I, I played more <laughs> Left 4 Dead. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the, yeah, another one a lot of people... People still chat. play it, actually. Oh, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, pretty big still. Um, a lot of people in the chat talking about Starfield. I, I, I think it's a little too early for me to get excited. Kind of like Elena said, it's just like, it's ethereal still. Who knows what it's going to be when it comes out? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I... I'll, I'll, I'll see. On that. They've done the opposite. I loved what they did with Fallout Four. Fallout Four, they're like, "Hey, yeah, you've seen the rumors. Fallout Four, yeah, it does exist. You can buy it in two two weeks or two months or whatever it was." Yeah, Starfield, like it's like, man, I've been hearing about Starfield for so long, <sighs> and I still have no idea really what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's it's one of the, one of those kind of situations, but yeah. The new No Man's Sky. Yeah, uh, I, this is not PC related. But probably my 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 third favorite game was a Advance Wars remaster that just got announced on Nintendo <laughs> Switch. I yeah, Advance Wars. I oh, love it. We, love it we to get death. to talk about Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I just want I just want to say that's my that's my number stoked. three. <laughs> so, Advance Wars. I mean, Wars if you jam. couldn't guess from my Twitter handle, I'm a little excited about a new 2D Metroid. <laughs> I never put two and two together. How did I never do that? Really? Are you serious? Yeah. Dad? Oh, that's yeah. funny. I don't know how that didn't click in my brain. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah, I have no idea. I'm just like, oh, yeah, Morphin Bowl. Yeah. Man, I feel mega dumb right now. I I have no idea what you're even talking about now. It's just sitting here like... You know, like sometimes when you go to the restaurant with your grandparents... <laughs> and you're talking about like, oh yeah, brand new iPhone 13. And your grandparents are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't give off what you're talking about. Of course, you know what your grandparents are thinking. They're like, how do I, how do I blow these losers off? What am I stuck with these folks? I'm gonna I'm smile because I can't drive anymore. Yep. They drove me here. <laughs> Bunch of losers. I got to get down to the bingo hall. Give me some payback. Right. Yeah. Shuffleboard. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. So, yeah, E3 kind of kind of snoozy, but I think it was still good to uh, to to bring up. You know, like I said, I, I I like to check in, like to check in on on the PC's health at E3, and I feel like the PC is even though the health of E3 isn't that great, the the PC health is is pretty strong. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that, Adam, because I I'm 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 with Brad because I think. I tried to pay attention to E3 like a decade and a half ago, and it was clear that nobody like what PC games. Yeah, that's that's out down the hallway through the to the hotel, and then you go down the street, and the, you know like it's some it's on some busted up folding tables it's in the parking lot. It's really it really has changed. I mean, I I feel like the original PC gamer show was sort of done because PCs were you know the the crazy annoying uncle you locked up in the basement and now it's like yeah you know what it's sort of taken its place on the stage without without usually the shunning that it has had in the past i remember that first e3 i was talking about that i went to as part of pc world i went to go check out destiny before it launched which never came to pc so it makes sense but i went in there with my pc world badge and the guy I was talking to just like PC World. What are you doing here? We haven't announced this for PC. What are you doing at E3? And I'm yeah. that sums it up. He actually said, "You're at E3. It's PC, but now not so much." 
<laughs> yeah, it was humbling. That was my humbling first E3 experience. That was a jerk thing of him to say, though. <laughs> it was pretty normal. I mean, mm-hmm. the reason I am still so battle-scarred is because, you know, consoles literally were trying to kill the PC because that was the way they could grow their market, right? So that's it is hard to forgive. <laughs> I love how everything for you is about the PC like, no, under it's not. siege. Like everyone's <laughs> trying to kill you. <laughs> no, but I'm just look, I'm not making this up though. They literally you want to grow your market, you kneecap your competitor. You know what? I make a chicken sandwich too, okay? You're not the only one with chicken and we're open on Sunday. We got chicken sandwiches open Sunday. So <laughs> screw you. We got chicken sandwich. And that's what they're doing. That's what I mean, that's just that's just a nat- that's, that's natural a way people grow. Big things. step from trying to murder someone by poisoning the, the food supply. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but making fun of someone being closed on Sunday—that ain't cool, right? That's just kind of like that's a religious decision to close on Sunday when people want your tasty chicken sandwiches. So, <laughs> tasty chicken I don't know how we got to politics, but here we are. Yep, yep. No, I'm I'm just saying that's it was that's E3 was very much. It was an anti-PC show for a while, but it really, I guess it how we have grown up where they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, you know what? Now we can make money off of you, as, as it feels like. Well, Microsoft's and- been doing some great things with pushing cross-platform and, you know, the whole Microsoft vision. Uh, don't underestimate just how important it is that these last two console generations have been using x86 AMD APUs. Like, that makes a huge difference. Once you're already making games for that, you know, if you're Ubisoft, if you're EA, if you're anybody like that, it's it's very much more straightforward to just port over to the PC now. Whereas before, you had the weird-ass <laughs> IBM processors and core processors. and Not core. Yeah. What, cell processors. And it was a big pain in the butt to convert stuff over then. Now, you know, we're Switzerland. You know, just bring it over. We'll give you money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I love it. I love it. Um, all right, uh, let's let's go over to some Q and A because we we got some uh, got some uh, good Q and A stored up here. But before that, actually, I do want to get to uh, some super chats uh, that I I did not read. Uh, John Dokic gave us uh, two dollars earlier. Thank you so much. Said I paid for this advertisement. There we go. We're we're sponsored by John Dokic uh, for <laughs> for two dollars. That's all it takes. Um, just some gamer gave us two euros. Uh, thank you so much. Said hello, lovely nerds. Hello, welcome. Glad to have you here. Uh, VC Jester gave us five dollars. Uh, thank you so much. Said I missed you, Gordon. You beautiful bald person. Uh, they, they they missed you last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just imagine more alliteration in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we I, we did get a thirty-five dollar super chat from Mike Quinton. Uh, thank you so much. That is, oh, that thank is you. very appreciated. Uh, okay, and so the I'm I'm, I'm going to read it. I it, it says uh, got the vision statement and the endless vistas. Uh, what was the real reason Microsoft made Windows free? I didn't get the memo. Uh, I asked them to elaborate, uh, and they said, uh, "Oh, sorry, I I missed the elaboration." sorry always always hunting oh uh why free why not charge for it uh what was the market data saying but uh windows has has never been free has it windows has never been and it's still not free you're paying for it technically yeah yeah Yeah. it's not either you're paying for it 
like I paid a like I, I do have some that have the cheaper keys, but for my my primary system, I paid a hundred and forty dollars for Windows Ten Pro. Like I bought that, I paid for that. What I'm getting free now is the updates. When you buy a PC or you buy a laptop, the OEM who built that machine paid Microsoft for Windows. Windows is not free whatsoever. It's very much one of the yeah. highest priced. Well, I mean, if you do a ripoff version of the no, CD no, no, no. I think I think the Mike is probably referring to that long promo they had, so that you could upgrade to free to Windows 10. Because back in 2015, <clears throat> they wanted one. They were trying to get to what was it, one billion machines? So there was like a, a yeah. market share thing, and I think it was also because they wanted to harvest the data, honestly. Um, so, and then there's still like the back end ways you can get it for free which is like if you have a windows 7 or 8 license and you still want to upgrade they haven't turned off <laughs> the the whatever back end server that allows the upgrades it's but not i mean you are supported but it still works yeah you are right that you still if you want to buy a fresh copy of it now you don't get the free upgrade i have a feeling that that's like what the reference was because they've never done that before they've never said okay. that you just yeah. get it for free the upgrade yeah, you yeah. don't. You don't get any. The free, the free upgrades make a lot of sense because by the time Microsoft changed that, one, every other operating system does free upgrades. You pay a hundred dollars for your operating system. You just paid a hundred dollars for this. What do you mean you want me to pay to upgrade to the next one? It's the same idea with Creative Cloud and stuff like that. Uh, although I guess you keep paying for that, but. Also, Windows 10. Hopefully, you can't hear crazy banging. It's crazy banging at my house. Uh, Windows 10 is chock full of ads. It's chock full of Microsoft services. It's chock full of the Xbox Game Pass app that I was just talking about. It's right there in my taskbar when I start up Windows 10. And like, yeah, now I subscribe to Xbox Game Pass. I subscribe to Office. You know, there are ads there for Bing on the beautiful pictures. It'd be like, oh, hey, look at this thing from, you know, Thailand. Click here when you press your unlock button and we'll bring you to Bing. Stuff like that. So it's not, you, you are still paying for Windows, but by giving the free upgrades and the way that they built the operating system, they're also getting a lot out of you at the same time. When something's free, you're the customer. That's the age-old saying, and it's true. Yeah, and I, I'm going to disagree. I, I think I find – I wouldn't call anything that I run into Windows 10 really ads. I mean, they push services, but I really wouldn't call them as, say, intrusive as what I get out yeah. of Android, right? I I don't think it, it – it even borderline gets – close to what Google does with Android, and I'm an Android user. But my feeling of the reason why they essentially gave Windows 10 to everybody is it was just, one, it was companies only do it for their own bottom line, and it is a pain really? in the butt to have these people clinging on to their Windows 7 licenses, having to send a SWAT XP. team to get them to, right, to get rid of their computer, you know, you basically give it to everybody. You now, one, you don't have to support it anymore. It's a pain in the ass. Two, these people with, like, compromised operating systems that are just ancient technology that can't take advantage of all the new security that they have built into modern OS, they, they're just net bad for everybody. They're bad for developers. They're bad for the entire ecosystem. So I think it was overall a really good idea to get everybody onto windows 10 it made everybody much more secure than it ever was in the past you know um there was always some pain to moving but i i think it it was a net net good for everybody to at least go there i am bummed with the windows 11 news obviously because i am pretty confused because i thought (laughs) 
Windows would be free forever since it would be the last operating system, but I, I bet don't know it still what's... will be. The last. Yeah. We'll I see mean, that. yeah, they they could just simply say that we're just going to and let's let's give Microsoft credit. I know people like to bag on Microsoft, but you know what? I got a stupid Google branded phone. I don't get Jack Diddley squat in security updates for. It's like, hey, you're on that raft. Good luck. Here's one can of water. Make it four thousand miles to the. You know, uh, that's how Google treats you. They do that with Chromebooks. Microsoft. If you have the oldest POS Sandy Bridge Nehalem Core Two box, you still get security updates in Windows. So you got to give them that. So you give got to give them credit for that. So and I think it's. For, I don't for, know. I think it's I a good thing too. For, for those who don't know, Microsoft. Is it Microsoft is is uh, teasing a, a a big announcement on what is it uh, June twenty fifth they're going to have a big announcement of what the next version of Windows twenty fourth twenty fourth yeah so yeah I, obviously Mark Hockman's going to be covering that uh, we, we should have him on the show the next week because uh, uh, you know whatever comes out is going to be big news and relevant to us for sure so uh, we we will see yep. what comes out of that um, okay well, let me ask you this am I being too cynical here wait wait quick question. <clears throat> Everybody and their mother and father and aunt hated Windows 8. They were so angry yeah. at Windows 8. Was Wasn't Windows 10 just Windows 8? You just, re, you know, they just changed the UI and like, oh, suddenly everybody's happy? Yeah. Well, is Windows, is, so everybody and their mother, and I think I said this in our, our chat, I said, they told Microsoft, take your Windows 10X and cram it up your cram hole. We don't care. We don't want it. Microsoft's like, oh, that's cool. We understand. You don't want it. Windows 11 going to be basically dressed up Windows 10X. Actually, yeah, it's going to depend. Uh, some, somebody in the chat says uh, uh, Vista was the most hated. I, I, I'd probably yes. say Vista was more hated Vista. than 8. Yeah. I'm I mean, not going to say 8 was no, good. But. No, I'm going to disagree Windows Millennium. ME was worse than well, that's Vista. Also, that's true. Mm, okay. oh. I mean, you could take both of them and like, I mean, it's just really like, which, you want to get poked in your left eyeball or your right eyeball? I don't know which is worse. <laughs> you got to remember which one that, I like more. The reason that Windows 8 was so hated is because it was trying to get away from the core PC experience. It was trying to be like, hey, the future is tablets now. Like, even yeah. Microsoft was doing that. Yeah. What yeah. Windows 8.1 did and you can still do it on Windows 10, is it flipped that? Like, we're doing PC first. If you want a tablet interface, there's also a tablet interface kind of a deal. And I think the success, if there is a Windows 11 or whatever they're going to call it, uh, how it's going to be recognized and embraced depends very much on whether they realize that and keep that central to their hearts with how they're positioned in it. Like, if they're if it's still a desktop first, like... Yeah, it's shinier now. Yeah, we, you know, we're trying to compete with Chromebooks, stuff like that. That's cool. Just keep it desktop first, and I think that that's going to be the true test. That's the litmus test. Well, and and remember this trend. What is it? XP pretty good. Vista pretty bad. Uh, seven pretty yeah. good. Eight pretty bad. Ten pretty good. Okay. Next one. Oh boy. <laughs> Hopefully they buck that they trend. Just, right? They should just stay with ten forever, as as Apple did. See, and if it right. does wind up being pretty bad. You're going to hate those free updates because that means you're going to be getting it no matter what on your Windows 10 machine, most likely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We actually yeah. have uh, over on Twitch, uh, Corbin from the show Corbin was saying that, uh, man, if they just wouldn't mess up with the Windows 10 update so much, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's yeah. there's clearly been issues. But at least, it's, I, and again, I, 
I wish I could get a, uh, an Android update for my Pixel phone, right? I wish I could get it, you know? Yeah. Because then I wouldn't have to buy something new, right? But no, screw you. So I think there is something nice to be said about the free updates. But I, mm-hmm. do you, I, I guess my, I, you know, of course, as we know on the PC, it is time to overreact before anything happens. And I don't know why, but I'm automatically thinking, man, I hope they don't really try to go full on subscription OS model, which is, you know, you pay. Yeah, I know. I, I would hope so, right? Would consumers accept a subscription model, right? Would they accept also, you know, you know, there's some like, come on, dude, lose the PCI devices. We're going to like, you got to lose some legacy devices. You kind of, cause you know, you, one of the, as I've said, the strength of the PC is the legacy because you can run oldest POS hardware. And then sometimes that's also a weakness because you have to then support an old POS hardware that, you can't make everything else better because you've got all these exceptions for old POS hardware standards and all that stuff. Could could we accept Windows 11 taking a lot of legacy stuff that 90% of people don't use and pushing them overboard finally? And also, could we go to a subscription model or will people really go, you know what, maybe it's really time to mess with Linux. You know, I, I don't know. I. Personally, I think they've tried that in the past with uh, Windows RT. They were going to try Windows 10X. It doesn't work. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. It's obviously something that they want. I I would not be surprised if in the future something like standard Windows like we have now winds up being the Pro version. And we do get the stripped-down version as the free one. And then, hey, if you want the, the legacy hardware support, if you want all this other stuff, you got to pay the extra fifty bucks for a pro version. Ugh, well, that would suck. And here, here's here's a good question, and I I know we need to move on. Uh, we have a super chat. Um, D D E J nine fifteen says uh, maybe no thirty two bit release. Maybe that gets thrown under the bus. Yeah, I mean, none of us are running it, but I understand why it's there. And, and again, that is a pain in the butt to have to keep around. You know, there's all these. You have so many exceptions for so much hardware on the gigantic universe of PC ecosystem. I, you know, the reason why Apple hardware generally is so awesome is because they have no problems taking anything that's marginally weak or old, putting it out of its misery well before its time. So that's that's how they get to where they are. Yep, interesting. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll know more next week. We will definitely uh, have Mark on the show. I, I need to talk to him, get him lined up. But uh, that was a thought-provoking super chat. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. <laughs> um, well, we got another super chat from uh, El Tsukov. Gave us uh, fifty Mexican pesos, I believe is what that is. Uh, says that they already have an LGA twelve hundred motherboard. Uh, they can't afford a recent i seven. Is it worth upgrading from an i seven eighty seven hundred to an i five eleven four hundred? Mostly gaming and streaming. I don't think so. I wouldn't do it. 8,700 still does pretty dang well. It's just funny that you have a 1,200 motherboard. So, I mean, maybe if you could get somebody to buy the old hardware for it, then, you know, I'm just saying full out buy it. And then the old hardware doesn't, you don't, you know, I I don't know. I I don't think I would do it, frankly. So I don't think the value is, is, is there in something in a lot of things that you're doing. But they already have the motherboard, so it's just going to sit, it sounds like. Yeah. 
So there is something to be said for Gen 4 and, you know, the newer – are you talking about uh, an 11 series? What was it? 11400. 11, yeah, see. I, you, you're definitely getting the newer cores, which benefits some things. Argue, it would depend on what you're using, but it's pretty hard unless you can make the old hardware pay for itself. But that's pretty easy, though, these days, I would think. Sell the old hardware for 200 bucks, buy a new CPU, and you basically, you know, better US, better in, better under, better chipset, and you don't really lose that much money. That probably wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a question from uh, Pedro Acura. Said, uh, I want to get a 100 or 144 hertz uh, monitor. And I was thinking of the Xiaomi Ultrawide. AOC has one, and MSI one has one as well. All of these are between 450 and 500 euros. What's your opinion on them? Are they all decent? Does anyone know anything about these ultrawides? I do not. Mm-mm, I don't. We, we, we don't do extensive uh, monitor reviews. So I, I do play around with a lot of monitors, but I haven't tried those ones. Actually, one last uh, comment for the previous question. Was, that, was he or she considering moving to 11500F? It just said no, eleven four hundred. Oh, okay, yeah. but not an F, because I, you know, it would suck to move to a, a, a disabled GPU version and lose the access to the quick sync. So that would definitely be not good. Um, you know, I do have one. I don't know that much about monitors. I will say, but I really like LG monitors. They're really. Good. <laughs> ah, I was going to go to that. I was going to go to that next. Yeah, it's, we we don't have a question. Segway. You know what I like to do is have a cup of coffee and look at my LG monitor in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have the specific question, but it, it, it's obviously something that, that, that we were going to bring up. I think it'll be a good topic Thank for guys. for having Ian on. We, we talked about earlier, which is why we, we didn't make it like a, a full a full uh, topic here today. But yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, who, who wants to fill in on the, the viewers of what happened with LG and, and reviewers? Uh, there was a big mess with Hardware Unboxed where they were reviewing monitors from LG. They accepted, you know, standard no-strings-attached, you know, here, we're going to send you this monitor, you test it, and then you can send it back. All right, cool. Uh, and it wound up being a big mess uh, where it got kicked around to different marketing teams and stuff, uh, and they wound up trying to impose specific criteria for the review. Uh, tried to get them to kill the review, and I believe also offered to pay them for the review. So all three of those are big no-nos. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a culture clash. Things are very different in Asia and how they handle reviews. And I just it it is a very public clash this time. And that doesn't make it right. It just it's it's a no. different culture. Like there are certain things you know uh, that that don't trans transfer over here. But yeah, I mean that's yes. that is not. Uh, I'm not saying that's just, I'm not saying that to justify what happened. I'm just also trying to explain it because I do think that in looking at, like at the comments and the reactions to it, because there's not that awareness. There's just a different way of doing things. Whether you know however you feel about it, I think that people are putting a slightly harder nefarious edge to this than I think it necessarily deserves 
like again to back you up adam i fully agree like i don't think it's right i don't think you should be able to come in and tell somebody in a different culture how they how they should do things differently but i do think that there's just this kind of clash there that people aren't necessarily acknowledging or, or understand yeah 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 no i i i i agree elena there's definitely there are parts of the world where editorial operates under different guidelines right and that's definitely true <laughs> but at the same time i mean because you you sort of wonder because it's like the most boneheaded rookie move you could ever think of and a company as large as lg you would not expect to make that big rookie move so it's it's really shocking but yeah i do understand it's because Whoever was involved clearly has no idea how it's done here. Whereas, and this probably should make some people wonder, it is it is perfectly normal in some parts of the earth for the vendor to have a lot of say in it. I don't necessarily know whether that makes it, would that actually make a review change? I, I don't really know. I've never had insight into that. I've only been exposed to the times when you get people like, oh, this is a classic. How much do you charge for reviews? It's like, yep. we don't charge for reviews. You send it to us, we review it, you, we send it back or, you know, whatever. And they were, you know, they're like, oh, that's for them. That's like, oh, that's even net better because I don't have to pay you. So clearly somebody in this world is though like, yeah, I'm, if you're going to have me spend my time in this, you need to pay me to review this product. So, and that is, that is clearly the standard operating procedure in some parts of the world that most of us are not exposed to. And most yeah. of us don't operate under. Yeah, right. that is, that that's a hundred percent. I agree. That is what I think the, with what Elena said. I think that is probably the core of that situation behind it. Just the culture clash because that is incredibly common. Like Gordon was just saying, Hey, how much do you charge? You know, things like that. When Asian companies reach out to me for the first time, like that is a leading question a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Oh yeah. Yep. So it just, and it just worlds collided yeah. here. It, well, and you, you have to be able to be like, no, that's, that's not what we do, you know? And if, if they yeah. try to push back, then it's like, okay, well then, you know, I, I guess yep. we're not going to move forward on this. So yes. yeah, it's, uh, that's that's our job too, as well to to state our intentions, how it's going to go, uh, yeah, and inform. Them, no, it's. So. I mean, it just tells you though. There's there's things operate differently, but and again, but yeah, this is the, <laughs> and it's just so classic. You could know you knew how it was going to end. It's just like <laughs> you don't pick fights with people who, as a, the old saying is, you don't pick fights with people who buy ink by the barrel or basically buy ink buy pixels by the barrel as well you're not going to pick a fight with hardware box and win it's just not going to happen so i i don't you know i mean clearly whoever did this had no idea what they were doing as far as dealing with press especially press western press here. yeah yeah so i you know I, it was a screw up of epic proportions so they they did already say they're gonna fix it they did already say this yes. shouldn't have happened et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, I forget the dude's name, but one of the higher Ken, up Ken Hong. Yeah, yeah, he's like, this is this shouldn't have happened. Uh, it's not going to happen again, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and you know, for people who don't know, we get this often because we deal with hardware companies. They may have you know U.S. based um, you know uh, marketing uh, PR people, 
And sometimes they're basically these <laughs> they're yo-yos getting thrown around by the the actual owners of the company based in a different country. <clears throat> and, you know, for them, sometimes it's like it doesn't, you know, it gets there are a lot of cross-cultural things and a lot of people, they don't understand, like, why are we getting so beat up about this? You need to fix this. It's like, <laughs> I can't fix this. And if you make me go try to fix this, it will actually break it even further. But you know what? The person in charge makes them, we've seen this examples of this, they make them go out and they try to fix it. And all it does is it embarrasses them more. And then it only ends up with them losing, you know? Yeah. And if you go, if you go actually watch Hardware and Box videos, you can see that even, I think, even in the way that uh, they published a lot of the emails that happened in it, you can see from the way the conversation is happening, from the tones that are being used. Like, it's someone who doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. They're just trying to figure something out with somebody kind of a deal. It's, I don't think there is nefarious intent behind it, would be yeah. my personal suspicion. I yeah. think it's just, yeah. Culture clash. It's just culture clash because, like, you think about it. If you're accepting payment from a company, then then they're your employer at that point to a degree, and then they're going to have more influence on what you say. And that is completely like that is kryptonite to how we do things for journalism in the West. I mean, I'm not saying that all the issues like this either. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that this is a thing that can happen, right? Um, but I think for a lot of us sitting from the perspective of how we do tech journalism here, it, it just seems like complete corruption. But um, I don't like we've just been repeating this, but I really don't think it's that. I don't think it should happen. I'm glad that LG, uh, somebody at LG was like, whoa, culture uh, clash here. We got to fix this and stepped in and handled it appropriate for how we would expect it to be handled. Um but, yeah, well, yeah, it's a we, massive screw up. Yeah, we we, uh, we got a good comment from VC Jester, but first I'll say uh, uh, Dr. Ian Cutris says uh, that he he's got a good uh, tweet thread on it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna link to it in the chat here. It's a pretty good kind of detailing a lot of this same kind of stuff. And then he uh, he also says in the chat that uh, it was management, not the person in direct contact. Which you know, like, like you said, hey, if you're if you're the point person, you know, the management's like, hey, go go figure this out. <laughs> It's like, oh man, you know, I'm not, not, I'm not pointing the blame. I, I don't know who it is. No matter what, LG looks bad. Whether it's the person on the ground, management yeah. high up, it, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's all LG. Yeah, I, I, I uh, don't think people are distinguishing who the person is per se. It's just the the corporation. The yeah, entity. yeah. But uh, Doctor Ian Cutris does also say that that Ken Hong, he 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 respects Ken Hong. That that he's he's really good. So having him step in, you know, is is hopefully some a way to change that culture and understand from the top down of no you don't do this <laughs> um, that's interesting that's what tim says in his review he's like hey this is a good monitor i don't even know why this happened but yeah good good for them as well this is the second time they've had a big flare recently they had that big one with nvidia uh good for them for putting that out there there there, there, there does come to be points where big companies will try to push a lot of people around and it's good for journalism and honesty and transparency for that information to be out there. So I'm glad they've done that video yeah. as well as the stuff with NVIDIA. So they deserve like we're, we're sitting here going, oh, I think it's just a culture clash. But it is still an issue and hardware right. and box deserves big props for, you know, it takes it takes uh, it's risky to go out there and do that. It takes a lot of bravery, I think, to go out there and be like, hey, NVIDIA, hey, LG, <laughs> shove it. Uh, so good on them for doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely important that it came to light. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, and, and it is it is although I think it is important, maybe that's something you know, we should talk about more is that people need to see how the sausage is made sometimes, you know, immediately, as I think I can say, and Brad and Elena and Adam, and every single person who reviews things for a living is immediately someone will just simply disagree and say, you're paid, you know, you're paid off. Mm -hmm. I don't think people understand that's, that's not true. (laughs) It's just, but I think they don't understand I don't know how we ever sort of defuse that whole thing because people, it, it, it's, it's a piece of stupid hardware, you know, it's in review is you, it's an opinion backed up by certain tests that you think the community that you're talking to would care about. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work for you. So, but people immediately jump to it's, you know, the Illuminati from the moon base operating these things. And I, I, it's, yeah. It's just something that's worth talking about. You know, it's, and it's, I just wanted to bring up this example earlier. This is a classic thing in sports journalism where your local paper, when people used to still have those, the, they would cover the local basketball or football team. And you know what? Sometimes that sports reporter would have to write like, man, the Oakland Raiders are like, woo. Somebody just open up the windows because they stink. And that reporter goes in, and I'm saying that as a Raiders fan. Then they go in, and I will tell you the the most, because I've heard from most of the sports reporters, and they really just, they get a lot of heat from teams because when the team is sucking and they're taking heat from that reporter, a lot of the players, they take it personally because they're like, I thought you were with us. It's like, well, no, I'm not. You know, you, you stunk out there, and I have to. I got to say you stunk, right? So it's, I think sometimes the companies think, especially when they're doing so very well, when you win all the time, it's the best feeling in the world. When you start to lose, you start to think the press are all against you. So it's just simply, you got to, you got to win more. So uh, also, I, I will finish this out <clears throat> by saying that, you know, uh, who's that? Uh, John Dokic makes, makes a good point. Uh, I honestly trust reviewers more when they admit to getting paid. Uh, if I know that they're paying to shill it, then good. If not, that's what's shady. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if, if we get a sponsorship, like we had the SK Hynek sponsorship, I, you know, we, we worked to, to secure that. That had no in no way touched, you know, uh, actual coverage or, or the content that, that we talk about on the show, things like that. We will be upfront of what it entails and, and how it all does. So as long as there's transparency and like, you know, it, it's one thing, you know, because that, that's the other thing, too, is it was like, oh, man, NVIDIA paid somebody to put some boxes in the background, you know, and they didn't talk about it. And it's, you know, it's like, you know, hey, you know what, if, if you're going to get a sponsorship, which sponsorships aren't bad either, uh, to a certain degree, you, you need to make money. But as long as you're transparent and open about what's going on and, and the deal of it, that's that's the whole, that's the other side of it, too. Right. Uh, because there is there you didn't know, somebody there are, get some flack yeah. for not using a radeon in one of their recent reviews i forget who i think it, was, i think but. it was jay yeah yeah uh yeah but, come on but yeah also here in the u.s at least if you get paid for something and you don't disclose that like that's a crime homie like that's yeah. a literal crime <laughs> yeah like we have regulations <laughs> about it yeah is that though i i'm gonna say i'm not i don't agree with that necessarily that interpretation you have so. to disclose. You have to disclose. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's as a, and, and if you anything, have to as a blogger and a YouTuber, but if you were working for a newspaper, 
I don't. You think got you paid to, to write jack. something. You wouldn't get paid. To I don't write think you have to jack, diddly squat, do anything. It's called oh. the First Amendment, and you could go all the way to Supreme Court on that. They'd probably, they would probably agree. Oh. To be honest, but you know, well, Gordon might be shilling under the table, but <laughs> me, I will disclose at the very least because I don't want to mess around with no. potential crimes or something. <laughs> Look, there's there's one thing to do it voluntarily. There is one thing to say the government has your ability to. Encroach on your First Amendment. No, let's not get yeah. into that. But yeah, I get. Yeah, I get. No, I, I, get, I think there. I, I think people assume that the FTC rulings on that affects newspapers. I don't think it necessarily does. Newspapers are actually in a special class apart from even print magazines, and especially from you know those of us on the on the internet. So, regardless whether or not it's actually illegal for a newspaper to do it, you're going to get fired. Okay. If, yes. If the newspaper would fire you <laughs> yes. for doing it, but they will get like, no, we're going to the Supreme court. You can't make us. We fired them anyway on our own accord. But you <laughs> can't true. make us say anything. Just... Anyway, all this to say, I will just say real quick, when it comes to hardware, it is very hard to hide whether or not you're doctoring things. Like, that is the one thing. Like, I come from video games journalism, and there's so many accusations there about being paid off, whatnot, because it's all subjective, right? But when it comes to hardware, the benchmarks yeah. don't lie. Benchmarks well, don't well, lie. It, it de- no, depends on the yeah. hardware, right? You know, I mean, it's like it, when I'm reviewing headphones, when I'm reviewing sure. you know, smartphone cameras, there is a, a, a dimension of, of personal preference. Uh, but I sure, usually sure. make sure to state that up front of like, hey, this is my personal preference. I, sure. I, you know, so, yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about like most time we get the comments that are like, you're an AMD shill, like you're getting paid yeah. by Intel. Yeah. You know, yeah. NVIDIA, you know, slipped you under the table to do this. And all I got to say is that either we're all like all of us, like the minute we see somebody who's got three subscribers on YouTube and is reviewing hardware, we suck them into this like blood bound cult that says you have to all we all doctor our benchmarks the same way. Or the other solution is nobody is actually on the take. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really true too. Well, John Dokic made made a, a or I'm sorry, I think it was VC Jester made a good point earlier that uh, LG wouldn't have tried it if it didn't actually work with somebody, though, right? Yeah, I mean that, that the thing is that is standard again, which is what Elena was saying. This actually is how it's probably done in some place. We don't know where who does that, but I'm certain that there is somebody who they pay to review something or they yeah. pay for the review. That's just obviously it was standard operating procedure someplace and hardware on box definitely does not do that. And they let people know, you know, thankfully. So um, yeah, you can question whether that's right or not other places, but you know, all right. All right. There are things like even even just keep it in the West. There are things that people in the UK, colleagues of mine, stuff like that. Not colleagues of mine, but people I know. Uh, they do stuff where I'm like, I would never do that. That would be an ethical quandary for me here in the United States. But it just totally works different there in the UK. You just be aware that there are very much different cultures in place around ethics and reviews and all journalism in general all around the world. Yeah, and there's even... Even here, you will get, you will, you know, everybody sort of goes through phases. Man, we got to get Ian on about this stuff. Kyle, too, because everybody goes through this phase like, no, no, you're not going to give me samples. I'm going to go buy it myself retail, and then I'll review it, because then there's, like, 
no appearance, nothing, all that. Everybody kind of goes through that phase thinking that, and, you know, it doesn't, that just doesn't always work. I mean, it doesn't, there are times when that does work and there's times when, you know what, you can do both. It really comes down to the reputation of the person. If you trust that person to be honest, then that's the only thing that really matters is how they obtain it, you know? Uh, lots of good stuff to talk about here, uh, but, but we're we are we are running late. I, I have one uh, super chat from Thanks, John Dokic. Thank you. Gave us uh, two dollars. Said Brad is looking hella hot. Buff for Brad. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of chat today. Thank you uh, about you. You looking good uh, and healthy, Brad. <laughs> a lot of standing. Yep. Well, it's hot. It's uh, it's been like 97 degrees around here, so I'm quite literally very hot. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, and the the last one is is one I I think it'd be kind of fun. I'd, I'd been holding on to it for a while. Uh, Dennis Siberian asked a while ago on our Discord. Um, I was I once asked uh, about power strips, and since DIY is in catatonic state, I would like to ask about uh, voltage stabilizers and hard hardware firewalls. Do you guys use them? I bet as professional journalists working from home, security and electronical safety might be of great importance, and those kind of devices become paramount. Do you use them? Uh, I would just say my home setup is YOLO. <laughs> yeah, consumer-grade hardware at home. And for, yeah, voltage stabilizers, nothing here. I mean, it's just... And if you're using a quality power supply, I... I, I I think you're in pretty good shape these days. And it's not like yeah. I'm living somewhere where there's constant brownouts. Um, not yet. I actually have watt meters plugged in all the time. It, you know, you'll see 122 volts in the morning when nobody's 20, 123 volts. And then during the day, it'll drop down 118 volts. So it's, you know, this, the grid where I'm located is pretty good. Yeah. Same here. Okay. All right. Cool. I, I, I can see why you would need that stuff in certain scenarios, but not like the way I personally test is I try to recreate the normal person experience. Like a normal person is going to take their their computer and plug it into the wall. I plug into a WhatsApp meter, a WhatsApp meter, but the same general idea. So, you know, I just try to recreate what normal people do. So I don't mess around with any stuff like that. Uh, do you, uh, CMC Knight's asking a follow-up question, uh, did you use a quality modular power supply and anything you'd, you'd recommend, or is it just still straight consumer grade? I, for, for graphics cards, I have a 1200 watt EVGA platinum. Uh, but in general, I'd say 750 watts bronze are better. You mean that we're running? I think for yeah, the latest desktop reviews, I am running uh, Corsair 1000, HX 1000s, I think, a couple of modular, fully modular, which I plugged all the cables into so I wouldn't lose. And um, thank you, Corsair, for those, actually. Those, because I wanted pat matching power supplies to do Rocket Lake power comparisons. And I had already had uh, competing vendors, power supplies, and I won't mention them because I had nothing but problems on my Intel boxes. And I don't know why. It had something to do, I think, with um, power good standby signal and the motherboard I was using just would not, it would not rec it would not stabilize and it would just simply sometimes refuse the post. I'd have to, I'd have to reboot it like five times and then it would post and it would be fine. But I was like, okay, this is not, Damn. this is not happening for me. So no problems on the, 
AMD board, but a couple of the Intel boards just did not like this certain power supply. So, you know, but uh, the vendor was like, man, I can't even get enough. I can't, it's hard to get parts. I can't even, even like run this down. So hmm. I'd switch. Thing. Okay. All right, cool. Let's, uh, let's call the wrap for, uh, for today. We, we, wow. I didn't think we'd go this long. We, we had a lot of, a lot of good discussions. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, and no, I'm like, hungry. The, the hard I'm, one box one is, I think that's, I would love to just have a long talk about, you know, harder reviews and all the, uh, yeah. I mean, this, the summer the months are coming up of this and decisions yeah. people make. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we have some, we have some quiet time. I you think ready? We, we should have some people on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're good. Let's do it. So check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, please leave a review every time you do. I don't know. Adam wears a, a Hawaiian looking shirt. That is not actually a Hawaiian shirt. Saying questions and comments <laughs> to the full nerd at PCworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. I picked up the sweetest, most ridiculous Hawaiian shorts last night, and I will wear them next time I'm on here. What are Hawaiian shorts? Uh, picture a gnarly Hawaiian shirt, but in shorts form. Does it have We're like surfers have on a surfboard soon. or something? <laughs> are you going to start calling people bra? Because that is the most annoying thing I ever. Bra. Bra. It's like, look, you've never left New Jersey. You don't even know what Hawaii looks like. Stop talking like that. Not allowed. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever heard Brad say, or Gordon say that word. Uh, no, I used to give it. <laughs> I used to give Andy a really hard time about that. It's even funnier when people say bra to me in online chats and comments. Bra, you're totally on the take. <laughs> okay. You're from New Jersey, Major. You don't even know how to surf. Nobody knows who that movie is. And... Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Uh, we just got a $5 uh, uh, super chat from VC Jester. Oh, no. Thank you so much. Said, uh, can we get a Brad body pillow? You know what? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'll, I'll text my guy. I'll text my guy. We'll, we'll, oh, get, no. we'll store something. Do they have those? <laughs> can you get customized body pillow pillows? All right. And wow. we're out of here. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Not I was one that like question. customized GPU. Nope. Bye. Nope. Nope. We're good. And... We're out. Bye.